Hi everyone, this is Rhea. And this is Sophia. Today we welcome you back to the Dumb Teenage Opinion Podcast, where we talk about everything from politics to fashion to fun. So, before we get started, we just wanted to give you guys a big thanks for tuning in to our last episode. We received so much positive feedback, and we're really happy that you decided to listen. Yes, we appreciate all types of feedback. If you guys would like us to talk about a certain topic, just shoot us an email. Definitely. So today our topic is really a bit more of a deeper topic, and it's relating to the current pandemic going on all over the world, the COVID-19 pandemic. Since school season is approaching, we really wanted to talk about whether you should go back to school the tradition in the traditional sense, or whether you should stay online. Well, I know that Rhea and I, we are very fortunate to have the choice because we both are in a good situation with our family that our parents are letting us decide. And we both decided that online school would be best for us. But we don't want you to automatically think that online school is the best. So today we will be talking about, like Rhea said, the pros and cons of going back to school. Exactly. So we're going to jump right into it just because we have a lot to talk about. So, depending. These are all the things that we feel like it really depends. Since case-to-case is very different between each person, we want to make sure that you're really looking at the depending factors and your life specifically. So, one of the first dependents is a safe environment. You want to take into account if you, if you're old enough to make your decision, or if your child is in a safe environment to facilitate their learning. Are they, if you're older, are you being abused emotionally, um, physically, all those kind of things? Um, Is your house going to have access to internet for learning if you're doing online? Things like that. Yeah, and you also need to take into account that for a lot of people, their safer environment is at home because, you know, it's where you have your own room most of the time, your parents are there you're kind of alone, you don't need to feel the social pressure. But you also need to take into account that the fact that a lot of people's safe environment is school. Um, if you, like Sophia said, you may be being abused, or even if you're not being abused, being at home can be draining if you have very expecting parents or parents who put a lot of pressure, siblings, or anything that makes you not focus. Um, maybe going back to school would be a better option. So you really have to weigh where do you feel safe. I agree 100%. Thank you. So another thing you want to take into account is your nutritional needs. For nutritional needs, each person really differs. Some people have parents who cook meals for them, who stock your pantry with groceries, and who are really just financially well-to-do and can keep food on the table for you. However, other families, especially in these times, it can be really hard to make sure that you have enough income to properly feed you and if you have siblings also. So many kids I know, even personally, get a lot of their meals from school. You can go to school and get breakfast. You can have lunch at school. And in some cases, you can even get dinner or food stamps or support. So look at your own situation and decide. When it comes to my nutritional needs, do I need to go to school to get that? Or am I able to get everything I need from home? Yes, um, especially a lot of kids, even some I know personally, their dinner, even their dinner, which most families don't have to worry about dinner being on the table, but even their dinner they don't receive. So 
would it really be worth the trip of going back and forth to school for breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Mm-hmm. Or would it be more beneficiary to just go to school the whole day? Right, exactly. Okay, so there are a few more things that kind of relate to that. One of them is that it facilitates physical activity. What do you think about that, Sophia? So school pretty much, well, for us it's a different case, but school pretty much forces you to have physical activity. Depending on if you live in a, I guess, high crime rate area and a small apartment maybe, places where you can't get outside as easily and get that exercise that your body needs, sometimes it would be better if you would just go to school and get that exercise there yourself. Right, Um, especially with your current situation. Some people live in small apartments. Other people live in, you know, large houses. Uh, It also depends how safe your environment around you is. Can you, you know, go out for a walk with your family or is your neighborhood not safe for that? Um, Okay, so another big thing I think you have to take into consideration is transportation needs. Now, I know that with my friends in general, everybody gets to school a different way. Some people have their parents drop them off in the morning. Other people take the bus to school. So reflect back on previous years. How did you get back? How did you go to school and get back from school? Did you take the bus or did your parents drop you? Did you carpool? Look at all that and really see how that's going to change this year. Do you have the funds? Do your parents have the funds to be able to, you know, afford gas and drive you back and forth? Or if you do sports, can you get back and forth between your practices? If you used to carpool, is it safe now to carpool with the people you used to carpool with? And if it isn't, you need to consider how you would get to school. Sometimes it may just be easier to stay at home than have to worry about how you're going to get back to school, back and forth from school. Um, But for me and Sophia that won't be a problem if we stay at home because you really don't have to worry about that. That's completely right. Especially if you take the bus. I know personally I've taken the bus once or twice in my life and those buses are usually jam-packed. You're right. And if you have someone high-risk in your family, is it going to be okay if you take that bus and someone maybe has been exposed to coronavirus? Mm -hmm. You never know. True. Our next topic that we'd like to talk about is learning disabilities. Now, or the age of your child. Now, if you're a parent, you have to determine for your child whether to go back. And if you know that you have a very strict schedule that requires you to work long hours with no breaks, and you either you know, work at home, like I said before, or you actually go to work physically, is your young child going to be able to learn self-sufficiently or will they maybe go off the rails and just not work at all unfortunately Mm -hmm. um I'm very fortunate because I have a mom who stays at home and I have a little sibling so she's on top of her but I know many families don't have that additionally learning disabilities families with kids who have learning disabilities it may be very difficult for them to help the children learn at home Because learning disabilities are so unique and case by case, many parents were never taught how to teach their kids how to learn certain subjects and topics. Now, because of that, this child with a learning disability may have immense trouble keeping up with the other children their age. Now, 
at school, there are people trained directly to deal with this. So you have to weigh the pros and cons of your child who is either young or with a learning disability to go back. You're right about that because every student is different and everybody's learning needs is different. Especially if you're older, you can kind of make that decision for yourself. But when you're younger, you have to be able, your parents have to be able to really say, my kid needs more help than I can give them. All right, so looking at where you live is also very important in your determining factor of should you go back to school or not. Certain states, especially now, have much higher cases. So places like California, Texas, Florida, New Jersey, New York, and Illinois, the cases are really skyrocketing. In fact, the number of cases per day is higher now in 45 out of the 50 states than when school shut down in March. If you think about that, a lot of people are becoming much more complacent now with going back to school. Before, everyone was kind of scared of the coronavirus when it first sort of made an appearance in the U.S., but now people are getting quote-unquote quote like bored with it, I guess. Um, however, if you live in states like I just mentioned or where the cases exceed 173,897, you definitely want to make sure that you really weigh your pros and cons when going back to school. Is it worth it? Is it more likely that you're going to contract the virus or is it less likely? If you live in a high-risk area, then you want to make sure that you're not going back to school unless you absolutely have to. Yes, I 100% agree with that. Um, Additionally, one of the other things that you have to take into account is your access to health care. Now, many families who are low income, they might not have health care, which means that if their child gets coronavirus and has to be put on a ventilator or even parts of that family that if they get infected and they have to be put on a ventilator, that's expensive and it will not be covered. So Mm -hmm. you really have to make sure that you, if you are going to bring your child back, you have to research and make sure you have health care. And if you don't, research programs from your local government or state governments that could aid you in need be. You're right about that because I think a lot of kids our age, if the decision is left up to them, they really don't take into account things like access to healthcare. For example, if it was left up to me, I'm not even sure I would really think about that. However, you really want to take your parents' situation, your own situation, you want to really look at everybody's situation and make sure you're not only doing what's best for you, but what's best for your family, your finances, your health, you know, everything. Okay, now we already touched on this a little bit, but parent availability is extremely important in online learning because, of course, if you're in high school, your parents don't really help you with school. But if you're younger, your parents need to be there to guide you. And that's just kind of a fact. I know, especially if, you know, you're in like elementary school or even younger than that, it's very hard to be able to go online and get to where you need to be, be on time for all your classes. Your parents really have to be on you to get online, to, you know, show up to what you need to do and to get all your work done. Even with kids going to school, parents are doing a lot of the work. So imagine kids not going to school. If you are a parent, you need to look at the time you have, whether that's working or if you um, are a caretaker of somebody else in the family, whatever it is, do you have the time to help your kid learn? Because if you don't, then there's really no point in them staying home. Also, take into account your family size. If you have multiple able adults who are able to 
help your child and facilitate this great learning, um, I guess, community and safe space, then maybe it's a better idea for you to keep your child at home, even if you are the one working. You're right about that. Uh, one other thing that we wanted to touch on was antibodies. Now, unfortunately, many people think that they have an automatic immunity forever for the coronavirus if they already contracted the coronavirus and healed from it. Now, yes, there are antibodies in your body after you contract the coronavirus and get better that can help you if you contract the coronavirus again. But these antibodies can rush off very, very quickly. Now, some studies show that these antibodies can leave within a couple of months, which that means that if you contracted the coronavirus in July and you're going back to school in September, are you really going to be safe from the coronavirus? Or maybe will you have to stay at home? Uh, Exactly. My dad actually is a doctor, so he sees a lot of people who have contracted coronavirus and i think that a lot of people automatically assume antibodies mean you're safe um actually in addition to that i know somebody who i'm very close to who did contract the virus but they had a very low viral load which in my opinion and from what i've researched it means that their antibodies aren't really permanent nobody's antibodies are permanent but especially if you had a low viral load it's even less likely that your antibodies are going to protect you also you can't just think about one person for example if in your family one member of your family contracted the virus and has antibodies that doesn't mean that everybody else in your family has it too so you just need to weigh the cons of that kind of and also look at really how much of the antibody is going to protect you yes i think that's very interesting and one last thing that i think we both need to talk about because this is the major player of the coronavirus (laughs) is whether you or someone in your family is high risk. Now, high risk entails that you are elderly, you may have an immune disease, you may Mm -hmm. have something that has to do with your respiratory system that isn't working 100% correctly. Uh, For example, asthma, you've had um, bronchitis, things like Mm -hmm. this, where you have to be very aware of your risk for this virus. Mm -hmm. Right. That's probably the number one thing is looking at who you live with. If you live, if if you were a student who lived alone, then you're not exposing too many people, especially if you're, you know, making sure that you're not meeting with a ton of people outside of your own home. But since, you know, younger students like us and even kids who are younger live with their parents, grandparents, siblings. Aunts, uncles. Uh, yeah, aunts, uncles. A lot of times they're also meeting, you know, friends or people you're meeting up with people for projects and things like that. The more people you're meeting, the more people you're exposing. And to be honest, we don't really know who's high risk. We don't know who has what um, disease or who has what, you know, immune deficiency. So although on the surface it may seem like, okay, going back to school, I'm really only meeting with my family or whatever, you also need to take into account, is this risking your family's life and is this risking other people's you're meeting with life? That's completely right. Because it's not just, I'm coming into contact with my best friend and that's it. I'm staying at home every other day, so I should be able to go to school. Now think about your best friend. Your best friend may have siblings. She mm-hmm. may have parents. She may be visiting those grandparents who may be also high risk. 
She may be visiting people at the store. She may be going other places. So it's not just you coming into contact with one person. Yeah, because really you can do what you consider safe, but you don't know what other people are doing. So in the end, you have to do what you think is going to be best for the community, not just for yourself. So now we're going to weigh a few pros and cons of online versus traditional. Uh, So for online, some pros, like one pro would be that obviously it's safer. If you're not coming into contact with more people than you need to be, then you're limiting spreading. That's just a fact. You know, you're not meeting all of your teachers. You're not meeting all your friends. You're not meeting the janitor or the lunch people or anybody. So really, all you're meeting is your family who you've most likely been quarantining with. And in general, that means less spreading. Especially in schools, I think a lot of the ventilation systems and things like that are not great. So you're all you're doing by going back to school is really spreading the virus more greatly. Yes. What a lot of people don't realize is that social distancing is really saving lives. The CDC defines social distancing, and it could also be used as a synonym as physical distancing, which would mean keeping a safe space between yourself and other people who are not from your household. Right. Now, you could say, yes, I'm social distancing and still meet up with friends, but that's not social distancing. Mm-hmm. And in schools, you know, they're going to try to social distance students. They're going to try to make you wear masks. But think about the fact that I know most of my friends, the minute a teacher walks away, the mask is coming off, the social distancing is stopping. You really cannot control every part of it. Especially with a lot of the ways that schools are constructed. Schools are constructed mostly to save space. Yeah. That entails small hallways, small classrooms. That also means cutting budgets and cutting corners, which means that a lot of these kids, if they have to move from class to class going to come into contact with a lot of other people Mm -hmm. which these small hallways will enforce that social distancing (laughs) might not be a good thing exactly so also in addition to that going online in a lot of ways is less expensive you know back to school season entails going to the store to buy new clothes school supplies backpacks Uh, in addition you're also spending money on like we talked about gas to get to school or a number of other things. So being online, you're really not changing anything. It's pretty much like how it was in summer or before. You don't need to buy new clothes. You don't need to buy new supplies most of the time. This means that it can really cut spending for a lot of families, especially since finances are pretty tight now for a lot of people. Yes. um, Many people are being laid off jobs and are on unemployment and Some are fortunate to get money from unemployment that will cover their expenses, Mm -hmm. but others will not. So taking out that back-to-school expense could really mean having food on the table. Mm -hmm. Okay, another thing we all kind of forget about is the adults, such as the teachers, custodians, like I said, everybody at your school who's not a kid. So the CDC tells that Kids less than 18 are only 7% of COVID-19 cases, and they're also less than 0.1% of COVID-related deaths. When we see people talking about kids going back to school, the common argument is, oh, well, kids never get sick or never die from COVID, so really, what's the harm? Well, you've got to think about the teachers. I know in our school, there are at least a handful of teachers who are probably 70 or above, which means they're high risk. 
There's also, you know, like I said, so many other adults in school and not only in school, out of school. Many kids actually live with their grandparents and things like that, which really means that although the kids really may not be at risk, you are just adding to a huge chain of cases, which can result in more deaths. Um, to expand on that, what a lot of people don't realize is that it's not just teachers. Like Rhea said before, it's custodians. It's people handing out food. Mm-hmm. It's sometimes even the garbage men taking the garbage Yeah, away. bus drivers. Yes, bus drivers. All these people who will come into contact with this large group of kids and you do not know the, the way that those kids' parents are handling this virus. Right. You don't know if they're taking the proper precautions. Mm-hmm. It's really just adding more unnecessary uh, risk that doesn't need to be there. Uh, one last point to add on to that. Uh, Rhea and I, we both live in Florida. Mm-hmm. And Florida is a right-to-work state. So the argument of, oh, if that teacher's old, they can just be like, okay, well, I want to take a leave of absence. No, it doesn't work like that. If they try to protest, if they you know, say something that might be out of line for them, they are at risk of losing their job. Mm-hmm. And many of these people, this job is their livelihood. They can't afford to lose it. All right. A last sort of pro, I guess, for online is that kids can work. A lot of kids work anyways, but honestly, with school, it can become very hectic, especially like we talked about in these times when transportation may be hard and there's a lot of factors that can kind of stop them from working. By doing online, kids are going to be able to do their jobs. And it's especially important now for kids to work if they did already because it's just more income for families that are struggling. Really, with more time given to them by doing online school, they can do more flexible hours at work. And really, as long as they're you know being safe and they're following their company's guidelines, this is a lot less risky than going to school. But I think that we've been talking about online school a little too much. I think we should bring it back to some pros of the traditional schooling. Definitely, because there's also pros to that too, if that's what you choose to do. One of them is obviously the social and emotional skills that kids get from traditional school. You know, everybody loves to see their friends. Everybody loves to have fun and be able to go to friends when they have problems in their lives. And by going to online school, you're really missing out on that. Of course, you can always FaceTime and call, but it's not the same. You're not seeing your friends every day. And it can really take a toll on kids' social and emotional, as well as their mental health. Many young children, they are still developing these, I suppose, social cognitive skills that teach them, okay, I see that person and they're making this face and they're doing this action, which means that they're sad and Mm -hmm. I should do the empathetic thing and go try to comfort them. Mm -hmm. But when you're not in school and you're not around these people and you're around adults and you're young, you're not going to learn this as much. You're not going to have as strong social skills, which... For many, social skills can be a make or break in future jobs and maybe even future relationships. Mm -hmm. And you also have to look at the mental health aspect of going to school versus staying home. For me especially, staying home really causes feelings of loneliness and can heighten the feelings of depression or anxiety in kids who are already struggling with that. 
um, actually things like suicide rates have gone up since quarantine has started because a lot of people cannot deal with not having someone to seek comfort in. So for some, it may be more beneficial to their actual health to go back to school. Um, It just also making sure that you're taking into account, would you rather, you know, protect your physical or your mental health? Yes, it's all the debating game of this or that, this or that. Mm-hmm. And I understand that for many people, they want to go back. They want to have that normal life again. But if we take the proper precautions now, that normal life is in the foreseeable future. Mm-hmm. If we do not take the proper precautions now, that <laughs> life... May never happen. Exactly. This is the new normal. Okay, so we now want to touch on a few like statistics and also especially talk about you incoming ninth graders out there a lot of incoming ninth graders which we were just last year so we understand this um they're just very excited to start high school high school is a really exciting time it means like transitioning and meeting new people and just kind of going into more of a mature state of life so a lot of kids are just very excited to return to school In fact, 56.6 million students will attend middle, elementary, and high schools across the U.S., and almost a third of those students going back are incoming ninth graders. And to my incoming ninth graders out there, I actually know a couple. I know that you may have been dreaming of this day for so long. High school is in every movie. Mm -hmm. High school is glamorized. (laughs) Now, my high school experience, it wasn't that glamorous, but it was still fun. It's still a new environment. It's exciting. It's fresh. It's new. But we can't really have that right now. And I'm sorry that this virus may have robbed you of this maybe life-altering experience. But in order to keep people safe, even people that you don't know, it may be more beneficial for you just to stay at home. Yeah, and you see, every grade, every stage of life um, is going through something different. You know, seniors last year, I felt so bad for them. All of their graduation was canceled, prom was canceled. They really went through a hard time. And every grade, you know, is missing out on something. But just understand that you're going to have three more years of high school. And even, you know, 20, 30 years from now, you can go back and say, yeah, I missed out on my ninth grade year. But I was part of the reason that COVID-19 was able to be, you know, beaten by humanity. Yes. Now, it may not seem like a lot right now. It may seem like a just life-shattering event that you'll never be able to recover from. But you are contributing to humanity getting better. Mm -hmm. And just everything we've talked about, all the different, you know, like, depending factors, take those into account. Decide whether it's best for you to go back to school or not. And if you do decide it is better for you to go back, then go back by all means. Just don't make sure that you're not making your decision solely on the fact that you want the high school experience. And if you go back and, like we said before, the deciding factors are all in favor for you going back to school, take the proper precautions. Definitely, yeah. It may seem fun to take off your mask and make (laughs) faces at your friends at that point in time, but if you may come into contact with someone who's high risk, you may... Be costing the life. Yeah. Right. Also, remember that hospitalizations are climbing in most states and are at or near capacity. In the end, unless you have to, please do not make it so that, you know, 
the states in America are really running out of space and hospitals. People need the space and we really don't need to be contributing to that. So out of everything we've talked about, it's just one big reminder that unless you really feel the need to, it is probably best to learn online. Now, there are many factors, like we said, that would cause you to go back to traditional school. And if you feel the need to go back to traditional school, that can always be an option. Just take into account that you're not, you're doing it for the right reasons. I completely agree with Rhea. And I'm very happy that we spoke about this today because it is important to keep yourself informed about many of the things going on today, including coronavirus, because it could really be a make or break situation for you and your family. Yeah, so we just remind you to keep informed and keep updating yourself. Keep learning more as you go and make sure that you make the correct decision for you and your family in this upcoming school year. And please, please, please make sure to social distance and wear a mask. Yep. As always, have a good day. The sources we use for today's podcast include the CDC, Center for Disease Control and Prevention, the NPR, National Public Radio, the NCES, National Center for Education Stats, and CNN. Hi, this is our music recommendation for the week, Kids in America. This goes out to all the kids out there who feel hopeless because of the coronavirus. Looking out a dirty old window, outside the cars in the city.